You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today I'm joined by Nando once again. Well, how's it going, Nando? No, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. It's always an honor, I mean, to be at now. This is number two. I get on here twice, and I know we couldn't do a Victory Monday, but I'll do Victory Tuesday and uh, and chop it up with you once again because we got another week of football. Another week of football, and thank God for that because yes. I was like, every time I'm, I end these shows with you and just anyone that I've had throughout the week, and I'm like, are you down to come on like next week just in case we're still in? Like I'm always hoping <laughs> that we get to talk another week because – it would yes. mean that the 49ers are still in it. So, oh. um, yeah, definitely, definitely excited to to see your face mm-hmm. and, and be talking another week of, of 49ers here. But uh, let's talk about this game against the Cowboys. But before we do that, I think we got to talk about some news, right? The latest news <sighs> that we got this morning regarding Charles Omenahue. He was uh, arrested uh, last night, I believe, um, because of a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. Uh, in the report, it said that he pushed his girlfriend during an argument. Um, and so we don't take DV uh, lightly around no. here. So I just want to say that. And I don't, I don't really know what to expect, right? Because that's like the – obviously the team has a decision to make here. And yeah. – I, I don't know what that is, quite frankly. I mean, I feel like the easiest thing is obviously you want to keep them out of the game. That's what I would do. But I, I don't know about you. Like, do you kind of just yeah. wait for this process to play out? Well, like you said, I mean, it's something that you have to take really, really seriously. Hey, what's up, Christopher? What's going on, man? Um, and the charges and the allegations. And obviously, you know, there's there'll be more information that comes out. In the next few days, um, you know, a DA is going to have to decide whether or not to file charges. But like you said, I think it's one of those things that the 49ers and you just you just can't take this lightly and just throw them out on the field. And then what you do that and then maybe next week something else pops up, you know, more information regarding what happened. So I think you have to. I think you have to keep them off the field this weekend. I, I just don't. I just don't see how you can throw them out there unless there's all this yeah. information already that they know that we're not privy to at this time. But, but just in general, I think it's one of those things that you you've got to be very careful with how you maneuver this. And you know what, uh, like the 49ers have been, you know, one of their MOs is next man up and it, it stinks because mm-hmm. he, he was playing really good football and right. uh, exactly. we're going to need to need some of these other guys to step up a little bit whether that's Ibukum or, or if Drake Jackson gets to to play football, you know, and he's an exciting one, especially from a pass rushing standpoint, but, you know, from a rushing, you know, from a rushing defense, um, you know, I think that's where his issues are at this point. At least that's from what I've heard and some of the reasons why he may not be on the field, but someone's going to have to step up yeah. and fill those shoes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it, it, it is a big loss if, uh, 
Omenahue is not going to be out there. Uh, Christopher in the comments says, I want to Drake Jackson to get more run, but not like this. And, you know, for those of you that that don't really know, I mean, or, or haven't really noticed, like Drake Jackson, like he has been a healthy scratch, I believe, for the last four games. And that's been somewhat of a, a bit of a surprise. You know, I know the first time that they made Drake Jackson inactive, Kyle Shanahan kind of brushed it off. Is it just kind of being um, – it, you know, there's a game plan, which to me tells me, you know, maybe Drake Jackson isn't the best run defender and, and really he's kind of just one dimensional at just as a pass rusher right now, um, which they have plenty of that already. Plus a guy like Omenahue, a lot of vets who uh, defend the run probably a little better than Drake Jackson does at sure. this stage in his game. So I think to this point, maybe that's been the concern, but now it looks like Drake Jackson is going to get an opportunity here um this week against the eagles which i mean i'm excited i like drake jackson i i like his potential and definitely in those obvious pass rushing downs he's awesome he he gets his hands up he's very active he he won't stop moving right yep it's just on the run plays that I, i i don't know like will they put someone else in there so we'll we'll just have to see how how that works in this game but but definitely could could be and and the tough part about it is you know we're going to go against a team that defensively we're going to have to be very disciplined whether it's gap assignments and and what we do on the defensive line and our linebackers we're going to have to be extremely disciplined to be able to stop the running attack of Hertz and Sanders and and the Eagles in general so we want to be able to take that away and that makes it tough when you have a, a kid like Drake Jackson who is developing and has a lot of promise but yeah. there's that flaw in his game right now and that could be something that uh you know if it's obvious passing downs it makes a lot of sense but you know those early downs it's an interesting play to see how Danico's gonna going to to mix and match and, and keep this thing going because we're gonna have to generate pressure but still be disciplined at the same time yeah I agree so that's gonna be big in this week and and so we'll we just have to keep an eye on it. Um, but but let's talk about another guy on this defensive line. The best guy on this defensive line, probably objectively speaking, Nick Bosa. Uh, and and I, I want to mention him because we know how good he is, but we also know that as of late, these last few games, you know, he's not showing up on the stat sheet. And when I say stat sheet, I'm talking strictly like sacks because that's what everyone – you know, most people, that's what they notice about what he does, what his game, how he disrupts the game. It's, it's the sacks. Right. But personally for me, I feel like there's so much more to pass rushing and and getting after the quarterback than just that. So personally, I'm not too worried about uh, Bosa. And if you watch him closely on every snap, which sometimes, you know, it's easy to not notice every single thing he does. um, He is getting after it and he is, forcing quicker throws and he is disruptive and getting in the backfield, you know, things like that. So I think he is making a difference even despite his sack numbers, not being there as of late. I know he wants one though. Like, so (laughs) I'm I'm sure he's kind of up in the ante a little bit in his head uh, to try to get one of those. But what do you think about Bosa right now? I mean, is there any cause for concern here? You know, I don't. I don't think there is, um, mind you. Even after the game, I believe it was right after the game uh, where he mentioned 
these things they come in they come in uh in bunches these sacks so right now you know right it's it's we're not used to seeing him go a game or two without without a sack but he is bringing the pressure and he does bring the pressure at, at, at an amazing rate and the consistency for him to be able to do that but i also think you know part of it as well is i i think he's going to show out big this weekend and i think it's a energy in the conserving of his energy as well being able to get him in there and certain downs would also give him a breather because one of the things I even mentioned, you know, a couple seasons ago uh, with Javi back on the pod was just his work rate was so much. And you're going to run this kid in the ground if he's out there as much as he was rookie year or the, the following, um, you know, the, you need to be able to mix and match and rotate guys in there just to mm-hmm. save his legs and that power that he brings on every single snap. Cause you know, he's giving a hundred percent more than that. And he is just relentless. So you need to be able to give him a breather. And I think Kyle and D'Amico uh, have just decided certain places. Hey, let, we're, we're going to give him a breather. If we're not getting that pressure right then and there, that's fine, but yeah. we can save him for later a little bit. This is going to be different. I think this is where, this is the kind of game that you just let him go and let him eat. You've, you've kind of monitored him a little closely these past few weeks. Now it's time to let the kid eat. And I think I, I'm expecting a defensive player of the year type performance from, from Bosa this weekend, for sure. Right. We're going mean, to need it. We're going to need it. Yeah, I, I think so too. And especially at, at this point in the season, right. You know, you only got hopefully two games left um, and you, you got to have him out there and yep. having him contribute. And uh, I, I get the uh, workload thing in the past, but I, I don't think D, uh, I don't think Bose has been in any better shape than he is right at this moment, <laughs> you know? So I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so I think he, he could afford to be out there. And especially if O'Menohue is not going to play in this game, I mean, they yep. might not have a choice. They might have to have him out there and, and, you know, ditch the rotation a little bit more than than usual. Um, my my brother in law here, uh, Harry, he says the attention directed towards Bosa has created opportunities for others, and that's definitely that's true as well. I yeah. mean, you could talk about how Eric Armstead also contributes. If if you were to watch any guy on this defensive line and just focus on him and watching the game, you would notice new things that you never knew about how these guys are contributing to quarterbacks duress right Eric Armstead is one of those guys he doesn't get sacks very often if at all you know like he he really doesn't but you know that he makes an impact if if you focus and watch him on on every play he he's just that kind of player who's gonna get a lot of disruption in the middle I think that's a great point because that's one of the things that you know, everyone's looking for just numbers. They want to see the sacks, right? They want to see that. They want to see it, throw the quarterback on the ground and celebrate. And what I don't think enough people really look at is just look at the pocket. Look at what's happening in the pocket. And if you can just make a quarterback uncomfortable, right? that's, that's key. Obviously getting them to the ground is big, but with as quick as these guys for the most part and, and, you know, hurts, I don't have his stats of how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands, but we know he is a dual threat quarterback and the Eagles will not hesitate to tell him to go take off and go. If he sees light take off. So it's not necessarily about throwing a guy like that to the ground, but if we can bottle him up and be disciplined and collapse the pocket and make him, 
make him have to throw the ball a little earlier than he wanted to on his reads and kind of really suffocate him in that regard. I think that's where the, you know, the key is to this game altogether is if we can do that. And that's something that a guy like Eric Armstead does really well. I mean, he, you can just see the line collapse as he's just pushing people by. And then when you have a, you know, a stunt from Bosa moving around, I mean, you see him get after the quarterback a little bit more, but I mean, what those guys do in the front, I'm expecting something. I want, I want to see Kinlaw out there do the same thing. I just want to see it collapse and make Hurts get a little rattled and move around a little too quickly. And if we're disciplined, that's where I think the socks will come when he just starts to get crazy in the pocket, moving around, looking for daylight. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, by the way, 2.76 time to throw. Yeah, I mean, look how fast these no, that's guys pretty, are getting the ball yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty quick. And I actually – his offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Yep. So I think the Cowboys were a great test, but obviously we know that the Eagles are just a step above oh, for uh, sure. what the Cowboys showed the 49ers on both sides of the ball. Because one, the, the one compliment I would give to the Cowboys is that they were balanced. They, they improved their defense. We saw that um, on Sunday's game. And so they were a very, very balanced team. Good defense, good offense. I can score points. Not enough on, on Sunday, by the way, but. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, enough. But you know. I'll be we, honest, I was nervous, though. I was, that, that, that game had me yeah. nervous for sure. I wasn't there, but I was, my heart was pounding. And, it was close. But you're right. Dallas played a really good game, and that defense showed out. I mean, they, they showed yeah. up. They made it tough. I mean, when I'm looking at the running stats our rushing stats at halftime. I'm like, this is, this is their formula for staying yeah. in the ball game. And that's exactly what happened. That's kept them in the game. We couldn't run the ball, but credit to Kyle for sticking with it because you know what, that pressure of constantly them trying to stop the run and stop the run and stop the run. Eventually it broke a bit. It broke a bit and Brock was able to get settled. And this, the thing is, now this is the NFC Championship, and we're playing. These are the two best teams playing by far yeah. in the NFC. They, these are the two best teams, yes. and the Eagles do a lot of things that I think the Niners want to do. And they they've got a ton of pass rushers, and they're going to bring in. They've they led the league in sacks by a wide margin, and right. they're going to bring heat. And it's one of those things that where <laughs> that offensive line is going to be in for a. Uh, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to yeah. be ugly. And I, George Kittle, and the good thing is we're not one of those West Coast, those pretty boy West Coast teams that are afraid of a fight. These 49ers want that, and they thrive. I think that was the first thing George Kittle said after a win is that he it's going to be a bloodbath. And, that's, and they can embrace that and accept yeah. that. And I think they're looking forward to the challenge to go to the East Coast. And I live outside of Philadelphia, so people are already – I mean, you know what Twitter happened, what's happening on Twitter, people posting things. You know, I've got a bunch of friends, you know, messaging me, talking a little shit here and there. And uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but it's going to be a crazy game that is 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 really in the trench. I mean, these are teams that play old school, hit you in the face football. And yes, they have big playmakers, but this is this is going to be one in the trenches. This is not going to just be. 50 yard bombs and this amazing show. This is going to be tough, hard nose, getting two or three yards on your run. I mean, big hits and it's going to yeah. be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Niners are going to embrace it, but this is a task. This is a tough task for this team, especially with a rookie quarterback as well. 
Yeah, and that, and that's why I think this is actually going to be a low-scoring game, I think, um, once again, because it was against the Cowboys. Now you're looking at two defenses. Uh, almost every time that a good offense is going up against a really good defense, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Like, that yeah. that defense usually wins the battle. So I think that it, it's going to be a tight one. Um, probably a lot of field goals, even for the Eagles, even with that offense that they have, you know, I think that it's going to be a close one. And, and so going back to Brock Purdy, because, yeah. you know, thinking how, how the Cowboys defense was probably the biggest test that he has faced to this point, And also acknowledging the fact that the Eagles are a different beast <laughs> in oh, that yes. regard. How do you think Brock Purdy did against the Cowboys? And so what would you expect him to do against the Eagles now? So here's, I'm going to bring up Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. And, and I'm only going to do that. Not This is not, uh, I don't know, talking shit or throwing anything yeah. around. But uh, this this is just purely, I looked at the game and I looked at what Dallas was doing. And then I thought, what would Jimmy have done differently what would he have brought to the table a little different and the, and the only thing I could really think of is just experience that I've yeah. been there so the nerves maybe maybe doesn't have as many nerves and butterflies as a guy like Brock other than that I thought Kyle's initial game plan was a little a little conservative in the first half I, I mind you we had to take some shots here and there but yeah. I thought it was a little conservative early, and rightfully so. Again, young guy, let's get him settled a little bit before we get going. Let's right. try and establish a run game that Dallas absolutely took us out of in the first half. Um, but one thing I liked was I didn't get the turnover while yeah. you were while you had the butterflies in your stomach earlier on that could have really broke the back because the Niners, it, it was tough to earn points, especially in that first half. I mean, in general, it was a low-scoring game. Mind you, I was this close to putting money – on the over of that game. And, you know, we weren't anywhere near that. So I think what Brock did, what he's done thus far is just be a poised rookie, just be able to take what he can get, not force it too much, not make the really bad boneheaded. And mind you, he could have gotten picked by Diggs, yeah. but that was a little unlucky. They would have gone through a receiver's hand, right. Been tipped at the line of scrimmage or something. And, so it wasn't just a boneheaded throw. It was there for him. Yeah. But he got unlucky in that at, at, on the throw itself. So I thought he did a really good job of just kind of managing the game earlier on, let it come to him, not break our backs and give up poor field position because of some silly turnover that might have led to three or six for Dallas and put us in a bad spot. And then he let the game come to him in the second half. The Niners were able to impose their will a little bit. And he picked up some clutch first downs for us towards the end of that game. And I love what he does when he's throwing that slant. I think he throws a beautiful slant. I mean, there were lots of plays where I even thought those are the kind of throws. Now, mind you, when Jimmy's on, Jimmy's on, and it, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah. But you, you've you seen it. The the slants where it's a little behind his wide receiver, yeah. a little high on his wide. And and Purdy's been really good at, at hitting his guys – you know, maybe leading him just a bit or right in the chest. And I thought he did a great job picking up those key first downs and the throw to Kittle, amazing catch by Kittle to be able to even avoid getting hit by Diggs. But we were able to let the game come to us. This is going to be a little different this week, though, because I yep. don't think the same type of first half performance, unless the defenses are both just 
making that both offenses stall out. I think we're going to need to put up some points early and not just three. I think we're going to need to get a touchdown or two in the first half to be able to really settle everybody down. We need to get him as settled as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, and a big part of that, I think, is going to be obviously the protection, but also I think there's some things that Kyle can do to make things easier for uh, Purdy, which I was actually a little surprised. Like, he didn't do a whole lot of that against the Cowboys. You think about, Mm -hmm. like, getting some quick throws for him, maybe some screens going, um, you know, but I didn't see as much of that as I thought. And and I think the being conservative for Kyle this week uh, was by design uh for whatever reason that was i i'm not sure uh could have been because he wanted to just have purdy settle in a little bit and and maybe they didn't want to do too much knowing that the cowboys were one of the top teams in takeaways per game so again taking care of the football not not uh or, or letting letting the game come to you and giving or yeah, taking what the defense is giving you, I, I sure. think that's that was kind of their plan, and it worked, right? Because they were able to chip away, um, and especially in the second half, I thought the adjustments they made, while maybe minor, uh, made all of the difference in this game um, on both sides of the ball, and and both Kyle and D'Amico have been amazing at you know, second half adjustments, especially in the second half of the season. Wow. Like I I feel like if they just go to halftime being down a score or something like that, you know, whether it be one point, you know, three points, I think against the Raiders, they were down 10 at halftime. I think. Yeah. Right around there. I got it. It was around there. Right. At one they were down 10. Yep. Um, but obviously they have a they just say, okay, if if we're just close enough, we know we can come out of the second half and and do what we need to do to to win this game. And that's kind of been the mentality it looks like, and and it's worked. It's yeah. it's worked really well. So I I think this was Brock had the game that he needed to right to just kind of settle in and also take care of the football because that was huge you know the 49ers won this game by seven points it may have felt like more to some extent that the 49ers maybe like won this game a little more dominantly in the second half but Mm -hmm. you think about how an an interception or any kind of turnover can swing a game so just the fact that he didn't he didn't make any mistakes is is huge in itself right so he didn't have any touchdowns but i would argue him taking care of the football was bigger for this game and it's going to be big once again um look the i mean we know this eagles offense is on one right i mean Mm -hmm. they they are talented probably the most talented offense besides the 49ers that (laughs) uh, in the nfc right um so this is going to be a big test for the defense in what do you think are the keys to stopping the Eagles on offense? Because they do run the football well. I know that, you know, the 49ers, that defense could probably stop Miles Sanders. They could stop any other running backs, the rotation that they have. But they have that other element of Jalen Hurts, right, who, who can run the football as well. And that, in the past, has proven to be 
a bit of an, an Achilles heel for the defense, not just 49ers defense. That's hard to defend for any defense. Um, but that that's something that, you know, the Eagles can can try to test the 49ers on early and it could open things up on the back end as well. Like, you know, some receivers can get open uh, because they're they're focused so much on Jalen Hurts. Right. So yeah. how do you stop an offense like this? I mean, well, here I, I think a couple big things. One in particular is they're going to score points. So to not get too down on yourself if you give up seven, I think yeah. it, I think the big thing is those explosive plays. If we can really limit that, because that's that's where the Eagles. If we can continue to make them drive down the field, because Hurts alone is that X factor that you talked about. I'm not I, I, as much as I think Sanders is a, is a really really good running back and he's had such a great year. I think part of that also is this offense and with Hurts running the ball as well as he did this season that complements the run game as well. So people are worried about Hurts and, and they should be and the Niners should be absolutely worried about Hurts. But when I mentioned earlier, you know, that gap discipline, discipline on the defensive line, I think is going to be big because that's that's how yeah. to a degree you're going to contain Jalen Hurts is yes, you want to sack the quarterback. Absolutely but you've got to be disciplined and you've got to be able to maintain these gaps to keep hurts from just being able to move wherever the hell he wants and then take off for 30. And mind you, I think the Niners, you know, we play a lot of zone. And so it won't be this man on man where everyone's out deep and and hurts is just going to take off, but he is shifty enough where he's going to make a guy miss or two, and then he's going to go down and he's going to pick up first downs with his leg. So I think the big thing is, first of all, is understand that this offense is very, very good and they're going to score some points. And the defense, am I going to say they're going to do what they did to Dallas and hold them 16 or whatever it was? Uh, No, I don't think that's the case. I think this will be a little bit higher scoring than that. But be able to take that on the chin and move forward and continue to make adjustments. It's going to be D'Amico also at halftime doing what he's done all season is make right. outstanding adjustments at the half to see what really the Eagles are trying to do, you know, what their plan A and plan B is find that out quickly, make those adjustments at the half, but it's going to be disciplined. And then we're going to need to see what we have been seeing from our linebacking core all season, which is just ridiculous linebacking play, like being able to cover sideline to sideline. I think that's where this is going to and be up interesting scene. up the scene. Hello, we Fred saw that Warner. Fred Warner. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, we have the – I mean, I, I'm not even going to be a homer about this, but our linebacking core is the best linebacking core in football. And Absolutely. what they can do, there are there is not another – line. there might be some linebackers that stuff the run a little bit better, but none can do what Fred Warner and Greenlaw and Aziz have been able to do throughout the course of the season, which is they – absolutely control the middle of the field they are devastating and if you're coming across the middle there's a good chance they're right on your hip ready to deflect a pass and if you do catch that ball you are going to get hit by not just one guy probably two or three by the time you get down to the ground so i think that's going to be something that the eagles are really going to have to mind you uh you know they they're in the nfc east They've, they've played Dallas twice. They played the commanders, um, you know, and I'm not one to go through the schedule, but they have not seen linebackers like ours and they haven't. And they're going, that is going to be key for us is that continued excellence from our linebackers with a disciplined defensive line, I think is going to make it really, really tough for Jalen hurts to get 
a lot of those eight, nine, 10 yard throws. I think that's going to be difficult. And if we can really can kind of control the deep passes and stay or safety, stay disciplined and not give up and be there shore tackling, because that's the thing is we've sacrificed a little bit of that shore tackling that we've had in years past from our safeties right. for the playmakers who are turning the ball over. And that's something we're doing at a, a rate. I haven't seen 49ers football do it in a few in a while in a while, the way we're getting turnovers, especially big turnovers when we need it. We didn't execute right. on some of those turnovers against Dallas. We're going to need to, if we can get the turnover and win that turnover battle, we're going to need to get seven off of those. But I think controlling that middle of the field is going to be tough for the Eagles to navigate through, and they're going to have to figure that out quickly. But that's my, if I was talking about what I could do to limit this great offense of the Eagles, it would just be more disciplined on the defensive line and linebackers just keep doing what you're doing because they've got they've got playmakers and it's working, <laughs> it's but, working. But, but hit them hard man hit them hard make them feel it and, and see if we can uh, knock a couple passes down yeah definitely i mean it all starts with stopping the run and like i said it it, it isn't just uh miles sanders and and these running backs it's it's about hurts as well so the defensive line you know should be able to hold that down to an extent, right? It's not about stopping them completely. They're going to get theirs, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that's important to, to acknowledge. Uh, they're a very good offense, so they're going to get some run too. Uh, but the point is you have to be able to at least limit them. And so I, I yeah. think the, the defensive line should be able to do that. It'll be tough, but they should be able to. And then that will make things easier on the back end too because at that point if you make them a little more one-dimensional um it'll force more throws which should force some opportunities for turnovers as well and and your pass rush to get to the quarterback so that's one thing i want to talk about is the corners the, these corners for the 49ers that Traverius ward he had a better game we knew he was gonna bounce back from sure. that Seattle game all right delmador lenore he's he's looked pretty good these past two weeks. I, I don't think we can uh, deny what we're seeing here. And so I, I think the game plan for a lot of defenses lately has been, okay, let's try to attack the 49ers deep because that's that's like their weakness, right? Sure. But uh, we really didn't see the Cowboys hit on many downfield passes. I think there was just like one that they hit, and I don't even think they scored on that yeah. drive. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it just goes to show like just getting one deep ball or, or two doesn't make the game. You know what I mean? And then they're, they're not going to allow all of those passes to be caught. So yeah, I, I think Lenore's doing a better job. So that's encouraging. He had an interception as well. And that one was, was nice. He had to go up and get that one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's another underrated thing, right? Like, because I saw this performance from the secondary against the Cowboys who have a good, um, good set of receivers as well in CD lamb and, and Gallup, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little encouraged, right? Yeah. AJ what? Brown, of course, is, is up there too. I think he's, one of the best. <laughs> he's, he's pretty, he's pretty good. What I like about the Eagles wide receivers is I think they, they balance each other really nicely. You know, you've yeah. got AJ, you got Brown, right? And he's he's a big physical right. wide receiver. And then you've got uh, Smith, right? Yeah, Devonta Smith is fast. 
Yeah. And now you've got him and he weighs like 120 pounds, <laughs> but he runs crisp routes and he's great with the ball in his hands. So you've got these two wide receivers that are different skill sets, but both excellent wide receivers. So two number one wide receivers on opposite yeah. ends. And right. I think that's that's the hard part. So like CD got his last year. I mean, I mean, last week, um, you know, he got he was over 100, what, 110, 111 yards receiving. Uh, we were able to keep him out of the end zone, which is right. nice. And I think that's where it's going to be, you know, one of these wide receivers, they're going to make some plays. I mean, that's just, they're that good. They're going to make plays, right. but it's if, if you make them work, right. You give up a couple of, okay, that's fine. That's going to happen. But can you more times than not make them drive the length of the field methodic? And if you can do that long enough. I love our defense. To be honest, I, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about the defense. I'm probably a little bit more concerned about our offensive line with what pressure I know the Eagles are going to bring um, that coupled with Brock, who has, who has continued to, you know, step up when he needs to step up and the stakes every week get higher and higher. And that's, you know, that's the trend we see. He started off against Miami played excellent and then every week since then it's been like whoa when is Brock going to look like a rookie when is that going to happen when is he going to make that mistake and it hasn't happened yet but every week from here on out right it's it's the biggest game of his life and uh and he's never been in these positions which who knows maybe that's a good thing you know he doesn't know he doesn't have anything to lose he's out there just playing ball with some of the best weapons you could ask for so if they can just give this kid a little bit time especially earlier on when the Eagles, I think, are going to bring it when they're, they're going to bring some of those blitzes and some of those edge rushers that have helped them get so many sacks this season. And, you know, Hassan Reddick is playing absolutely lights out right now for the Eagles. And that's a Temple kid as well. So he's home, uh, crazy playoff atmosphere. And and the link is going to be like It's going yeah. to be crazy. That is one of the last yeah. true home field advantages that are left in football, in my opinion. And it's going to be nuts. So early on, especially if that offensive line can just hold up and he can get a couple first downs under his belt, I think that's going to go a long way because the, you go three and out to start and then you go three and out and again, and that crowd is just going to get insane. Like it, it yeah, will get exactly. crazy. Exactly. And this is the first time in a long time, 49ers are going to be traveling to the East Coast, yeah. hostile environment. So we'll see how they handle that after it's been so long since they've had to really deal with that. So, but, but I'm encouraged by, by what I've seen from this team. And, and I think part of the reason they were maybe a little more, they plan to be more conservative against the Cowboys was because we don't want to show a little too much. We just want like to do yeah. enough to win this game against the Cowboys because they're very similar in, in uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles in that, you know, their defensive line there is their strength. And so what you would do to counter that defensive line of the Cowboys would be the same thing you'd want to do against the Eagles. So you don't want them knowing everything uh, that you'd want to do to combat that. So, yeah, I, I think we see potentially a more creative game from Kyle, hopefully. I mean, because I think some of that you're going to need to to outlast this Eagles defense and their defensive line especially. So, <laughs> um, It's my kid. Just make can't. a little cameo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that that's what I feel about this game. And of course, we're gonna continue talking about it throughout this week. It's only Tuesday, so we got a lot more uh talking about this uh so excited game to go. I, I am so stoked, but uh my Zoom meetings, you. everyone's out in Philadelphia where I work. Oh hell yeah. So so you know it's you better get out there I'm and get up a, a Niners um I know meet up or something. I'm gonna be right outside the city. I my daughter has a uh, a volleyball tournament, so I'm like and of course we have the three o'clock not the later game so uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be hustling to, to make sure again unfortunately they have a couple tvs in there but all week in my zoom meetings you know i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna hear it and uh yep. all my friends local friends here i'm gonna hear it as well but you know what my uncle's a big cowboys fan my best friend uh you know one of my best friends he's a cowboys fan we knocked them off i've got a whole another set of friends that are eagles fans and my neighbor's got Eagles green LED lights on his house that he's got up. And so it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's all you could really ask for. right? I mean, this has been yeah. a, a very it's been a, like a blessing to see the way this season's gone, especially with the quarterback injuries for us to still be in this position to be playing an NFC championship. And honestly, I think we have a very, very good chance. And I'm very confident that they can do what it takes to go get a W this weekend. Uh, they just they have to understand this is going to be a fight like this is yeah. going to be as tough as it gets. Um, and I think they're ready for it. Yeah. I, yes, I absolutely agree. They I think they know it, it'll be a fight and I think they will be ready for it. They're going to bring their A game. So yeah. hopefully we get the last laugh in this one. Uh, but, you know, th this Eagles team is good. So. Um, respect for them as well. Yep. Um, but all right, Nano, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. Guys, uh, I'll have videos every day throughout this week. Sorry I didn't go live yesterday. I was, like, flying back, and I was just, like, I was exhausted. <laughs> so I uh, needed that one-day break. But we're back uh, tomorrow for uh, the offense preview, 49ers offense preview, of course. And uh, have a good rest of your Tuesday afternoon, people. Peace.